As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome, everybody. This, my name is Felipe Cardenas. I'm joined by my colleague at The Athletic, Jeff Ruder. And this is a special edition of, of our new podcast <laughs> called Two Dudes and Henleys. It's, it's, hey, thank you. Thank you. Rock the Henleys. Uh, we're going to discuss the Champions League uh, draw. We're going to react to each draw. We're going to pick our favorites to advance. We have some big, big, juicy storylines that we're going to talk through, including, which we just came up with this one, Jeff. Will Cristiano Ronaldo play in the Champions League this year? Which is the best landing spot for him other than sporting, obviously? But uh, plenty to talk about. Jeff, we're going to lean on you for all the Americans and the North American angle in this Champions League. There's plenty, plenty. I think, what, nine, ten Americans in in the Champions League this tournament? Nine Americans, ten if Caden Clark makes the knockout stage with Leipzig. That's your one. I don't foresee it. Nine. There are nine Americans. Uh, so first of all, if you're joining, thank you. Uh, we, we, we got through the draw. Those things are always, uh, they drag out, they drag out. Let's be honest. Uh, but I think it ended up being really good. I mean, there, there's a couple classic champions league, uh, groups. There, there are ones that are a little underwhelming, but there are a couple that are really juicy, some great matchups. There's a group of death of definitely a group of death already. Um, I'll start with what I think is just a major storyline, and it's reunions. Players playing against their former clubs, best friends going going up against each other. Uh, and, and that obviously we're talking about Group C, where Barcelona and Bayern Munich were drawn together, uh, coincidentally. I'm sure the, the conspiracy theorists are just laughing at us right now, <laughs> thinking that that wasn't done on purpose. But what that means right. is that Robert Lewandowski is going to face his former club in Bayern Munich. Now, obviously, Louis with Barcelona. Uh, that group C is my group of death, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Inter Milan, and my dark horse, Victoria Pilsen. Which sounds like an awesome beer, by the way, but uh, <laughs> that's that's my dark horse to land Cristiano Ronaldo, Jeff. But what what, what is your take when, when I say storylines? What jumped out yeah. at you? 
Uh, man, I, I think that unfortunately we're not going to be able to escape the Cristiano Ronaldo storyline, even if he's not currently in the 32 team field. Um, I think that this is essentially where you see which teams feel most inclined or maybe the most desperation to bring in a, a top level goal scorer for this tournament. You know, I think that you look at a team does, for example, going into the transfer window, I think people looked at Chelsea. That was kind of the early team um, that he was linked to, that he was possibly going to get brought in by Todd Bowley and new ownership to kind of move that next generation. But if you look at their draw, you've got AC Milan, you've got Salzburg and Dinamo Zagreb. Do they really need to deal with the potential locker room like implications of bringing in Cristiano? Or are they feeling, okay, maybe we're actually knockout stage you know, we're going to be able to get there a little bit easier. And so he's not going to be as much of a factor. Whereas you look at, you know, you already mentioned group C is a group of death. I think group H is a, a tough group. I, he would never end up at a Benfica though. So I think that it just changes the calculus a little bit. I think that it, it streamlines that conversation of where he could end up and it, it limits the number of teams. Um, again, just based off of competitive balance. I, I think that if you're looking for a North American angle, group B is going to be the all time favorite group of Canadian soccer fans. Um, you've got Stephen Stacchio and uh, FC Porto headlining the group from pot one. Um, and then, of course, Club Bruges, which they have, you know, the, the two headed attacking tandem of Kyle Laren now who joined Tejan Buchanan earlier in July. So there's, there's going to be some intrigue with that group. I think that's a wide open group. And that's the other thing I look at it. And while the draw did condense some of the old time legacy clubs of this competition, it also did leave some groups that look, frankly, very wide open. You look at Group D. A favorable draw for Tottenham Hotspur getting Eintracht Frankfurt, who made it Tottenham. here despite a pretty poor Bundesliga campaign. Spurs can broken. dream again. Spurs can dream about oh, advancing yeah. pretty far, right? I think even if Cristiano landed at Sporting Lisbon, I think that they'd still feel pretty okay about that. I mean, they've got Olympique Marseille to finish off the group, but man, it's it's right there for the taking. If you're a Tottenham fan, I think that you feel very good about that draw. Um, and I think that Real Madrid are going to feel very happy with their draw in Group F as well. Um, yeah. You know, Leipzig is a team in transition, no pun intended. And then you've got Shakhtar Donetsk, which is going to be such a fascinating... Yeah, you like that one? That was good. Uh, <laughs> Shakhtar Donetsk, there's, I mean, they're, they're going to be a fascinating team to follow this year, just given everything that's going on in the Ukraine. And then Celtic is not a team that Real Madrid is really going to necessarily be fearing in this sort of a competition. So did they get caught unaware by, you know, Sheriff last year, of course, but yeah. pretty good draft. They, for them. they won't make that mistake. I don't think Real Madrid is no. going to come into their defending champions. Yes. This is their tournament. No matter, no matter what happens to them before their first game, you can't yeah. count them out. I, I agree that I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, you know, they're going to miss Casemiro. That changes everything. Yeah, I mean, he's a major, major part of all the trophies they've won. But they've right. reloaded in the middle of the field. They're just going to be younger. Yeah. Uh, you know, but before we sort of focus on their groups, I do want to go back to what you mentioned uh, with Chelsea. I think Chelsea is really mm. an interesting club right now. Uh, and there's, to me, there's a lot of pressure on Thomas Tuchel. Uh, they've not started well. Uh, domestically, you mentioned the new American owner. I think anytime you have a new owner and you struggle, that's not a good situation to be in. Right. Uh, and you know, you look at their group: Milan, the seven-time winners, the the romantic club that's back in the Champions League. Uh, you mentioned Salzburg and Zagreb. You know, I don't know Chelsea. I don't think it's that far-fetched to see Ronaldo land there. You know, they're they're struggling, and they have a new owner that may be yeah. willing to make the change. Uh, add a star player like that, uh, but bottom line, bottom line, they can they they have no 
margin for error, in my opinion, Chelsea. Like they can't go into this group in this Champions League and flame out. I think Thomas Tuchel is on the hot seat, in my opinion. Uh, and and while it looks like a manageable group, you can easily pick Milan and Chelsea to advance. These, yeah. you know, it's tough to go to Zagreb. It's tough. It's tough. And Salzburg, you know, they're a tricky club. They're a tr- tricky team to get by. Uh, yeah. A lot of young players. And, and you mentioned transition. That's the type of game that they're going to play as well. So uh, I'm spotlighting Chelsea as, as, a, as one, as a team to, to be on alert, high alert for sure. Uh, other storylines. We mentioned friends, meeting friends, the reunions. Uh, if you mentioned Group G uh, as... Or actually, you mentioned group. Did you mention group G already? Manchester City, uh, Sevilla, East, Dortmund, and Copenhagen. H, okay. Yeah. Group G for me, I mentioned at the top of the show, I think that's a classic Champions League group. You have Manchester City, yeah. sort of the, the yeah. tournament, a tournament favorite, a contender. Uh, Sevilla, which, uh, you know, they're coming off a trophy. That, that That's a difficult place to play. You know, a, a well-known uh, La Liga side, Dortmund, who... You know, you, you expect them to at least perform well in the Champions League. And then Copenhagen is sort of like the fourth place team that probably won't get many points out of this group. But yeah. you've got Holland facing Dortmund, his former club. And listen, I asked Peter Drury. He was my guest on Copa with Felipe Cardenas. I asked him straight up, will Pep Guardiola win a Champions League? And he said, yes. I see a lot of picks for that happening. Jeff, what do you think? Is this the year that Pep finally gets a Champions League trophy with Manchester City. I mean, it's certainly hard to bet against them right now, isn't it? I think that, yes, they they were very evenly matched against Newcastle, perhaps worryingly so on the weekend, and what's probably the best game of the very young Premier League season to date. But they're just, they're, they're so loaded, man. And I think that you bring in someone like Erling Holland, that's the best striker they've had since peak Sergio Aguero, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and even in that case, it's, it's such a different type of player um, who, regardless of the matchup, where you, whether you're going to be facing off against a team like Copenhagen, who's just going to play probably a very, very, very low block against him and kind of challenge them to go with like an aerial threat, um, or you're going to have a team that tries to keep the game more wide open, like Borussia Dortmund. Um, and by the way, I could see that being an audition from Jude Bellingham to try to see, you know, whether it's against four Manchester City or a rival of theirs. This is going to be a good showcase moment for him playing, a, you know, one game at least in England in the group stage and. Um, you know, he seems to be the next player who they would be looking to move on as well. But, um, you know, I think for City, they've got to be one of the top two or three favorites this year. I, I think that in all areas, every single player that they moved on from, like a Raheem Sterling, they've upgraded somehow, right? Which is just kind of crazy to think when you talk about the scale of the club. But, um, you know, I think that, of course, the other favorites, Group H, has Paris Saint-Germain, who's going to be expected to do far better than they did last season. I just have a hard time seeing it happen. I think that a lot of the mistakes from last year didn't lead to lessons learned in this transfer window. I don't think that I necessarily saw enough of a change from them to suggest that egos couldn't get the best of them. I think that they could have really benefited from hiring a coach like Carlo Ancelotti, someone Mm -hmm. who would be able to manage all of the egos and have the experience turning that sort of motivation into something They're on a roll, though. They're on a roll. PSG, they're on a roll. I mean... I agree. Group H looks tough. You know, you could argue that that's a group yeah. of death or, or I don't know, a group of purgatory. Or there I'm not about. Sure. I think Benfica can play spoiler. Yeah. Benfica, yeah. yeah, they can. And, and you know, I think PSG to me, it's not that I disagree with you, but I feel like, you know, they, it's so hard to pick them to do well because they, they get to a point and they can't advance in the Champions League. 
Right. I think there's a little bit more chemistry uh, that you can see. There's so much drama around that team, like does Mbappe get along with Messi or Neymar and Messi, right. buddy, buddy, and are they shutting out Neymar? Are they shutting out Mbappe? But you know, last week they had a a, a very good game, a training ground goal off the kickoff, and right. it was a big kumbaya moment for them. So I'm going to pick them to be strong. I think. Uh, a motivated Messi, a truly motivated Messi, like now entrenched and settled in that culture, the French culture, if you will. Uh, and, and probably maybe say? he's thinking, like, I don't know if he's thinking this is one of my last Champions League tournaments. You know, that, that right. type of thing fuels a player like like Leo Messi. So I've got my eye on them as well. I'll go back to Group G quickly because I mentioned them being like the classic group. Actually, can I throw in one thing here in Group yeah, H on go ahead. PSG before we move on? The, the, the double-edged sword here with Messi, I think that you're going to see an incredibly motivated player in the group stage. I think that you can see some vintage, if you will, you know, just truly trying to make sure that he's in his absolute best possible form of play heading into that World Cup. But is he going to have a World Cup hangover? This is going to be an emotional one. It's, it's his last best chance to lead Argentina to a World Cup title. That has to be the priority. You saw yeah, the emotions the after the Copa America win, right? So how is he going to be when you come You assume that they get out of the group for the sake of conversation and frankly, out of real realistic expectation. But what does he have left after that? Because then you're asking him to have the emotion of that World Cup win or lose and then you come back to that is he going to be able to sustain that same sort of high level high stakes play um i mean if anyone can do it it's messy right but i think it's fair to question would that hurt them and could they be caught unaware let's say in a round of 16 where he's still kind of recovering um neymar's recovering from brazil obviously everyone on that team basically is recovering from a world yeah. cup uh it, it could be tricky. It, the the mid-season World Cup, if we're talking storylines, I think that that's something that's going to play a massive role, especially once we get to the knockout stages of this tournament. Um, just the, the, the Im- immediate emotional shift and shift of focus, um, it could lead to some very interesting round of 16 fixtures, depending on who's available. Yeah, and I also don't think Juventus is the Juventus of old. They're, they're not. They're, they're, they, they struggled a little bit at the start of the Serie A season. Uh, they're they're a much older team. I mean, it'll be fun to see Messi against his boy uh, and Haldi Maria. They're they're basically best friends. Those are fun. Those are always fun matchups. You've got Weston McKenney in that group, possibly marking Messi if they find each other in yeah. the same part of the field. I mean, let's be honest; like that could that actually would. happen. That would be great to see. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that for me is is, is Paris walking out of there. I want to go back to Group G before we kind of go back to the top of, of, of this, this bracket that we're looking at, you know, Sevilla yeah. also, you know, they have not started well in La Liga, Julian Lopetegui on the hot seat, the owner of Sevilla had to come out and tell the, the reporters outside the stadium, like you guys are crazy. I would never fire a coach that just won us a trophy that got us back to the champions league, but they they're in trouble in La Liga. They have not started well. They've been booed off their own pitch. Uh, so this is a big tournament for him as well, for Lopetegui and for Sevilla to find form. They've lost Tecatito Corona, uh, the Mexican right. winger, Massive. who I think was finding his form at Sevilla. I watched their game. There were two matches, and as a collective, they weren't great, but Corona was given a lot of freedom, and, and he was playing well. So uh, that's a big opportunity for Dortmund to, 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 to take that second spot and just compete to advance beneath uh, alongside Manchester City, so interesting group there. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, and it's it like you said, it's a it's a perception shifting potential moment because I think that a lot of people look at Dortmund. You lose Erling Holland, 
how do you replace a striker like that? And so I think that it, people look at it as, okay, this is another, you know, Dortmund is a club that operates in ups and downs, kind of like Ajax, where it's like or Monaco is another example of this, where you have the rising generation of player who can carry them. They're precocious. They're above their time. They get sold on to another club. You need a year or two to get the new players to come in and make their impact. And, and I think people will be looking at them as maybe in a lull in that cycle. But I agree with you. I think that this is a group that's a, it's a golden opportunity for them to show where they're at in their progression if you will as a club um and i'm with you i think it's right there for the taking for them it is so so if you're watching we're going to pick our we're going to go through each group and pick our top two to advance uh to end our to end the show but jeff i want to ask you about the the north american angle as well especially the american angle i mean for the last few years that's been a big storyline in north america all the americans that are playing in the champions league they're young players they're getting a lot of experience you know, I think that takes on an entirely different, there's so much momentum now, basically. It's a World Cup year, and now it's almost like expected to see Americans in the Champions League, not just one or two, uh, but a handful and, and players that are contributing, that are starting, uh, and that will be, be factors for their team. It, it, are we at a point now, when you look at the number of Americans that are in the Champions League, are we in a point now mm. where fans can take this as an expectation rather than a surprise storyline? I think so. And I, I think that this year's tournament actually gives you a little bit of a twist on past year's conversation with the Americans because it, so often it had been Pulisic's here, Reyna's here, McKenney's here, Adams is here with Leipzig, right? All of these players are here. They are young players. They're on the rise and they are close to being, you know, they're, they're starters or first man off the bench at these major clubs. But I think that this year there are two players who show that there is a, a difference in how Americans are being perceived in Europe. And I think that you're looking at Timothy Chandler, who hasn't been a factor for the U.S. men's national team for six years now, hasn't gotten called wow. up since 2016. Um, he's He's been kind of weaned off of minutes lately for Eintracht Frankfurt as he's 32, 33 years old, but he's on the roster, right? And he's not going to be someone where it's like Timothy Chandler's here, the U.S. men's national team, here we come, right? <laughs> it's just a, yes, there's an American on that roster, and that's great. Yeah. Josh Cohen, another example of this, um, who won the Israeli Premier League Player of the Year as a goalkeeper in 2020, 2021, um, and was massive for them in qualifying. Went head-to-head with Milan Borjan of the Canadian men's national team in that last round against Red Star Belgrade and ended up advancing by mercy of a, an absolute fluke of an own goal. But, you know, they've got six games here. They're going to be playing against Paris Saint-Germain. They're going to play against Juventus. They're going to play against Benfica. These are some fantastic opponents. And for him, who I think that, you know, with everything that he's achieved with that team, with Maccabi Haifa, could maybe feel he's deserved a little bit of at least consideration from Greg Berhalter because that third spot and the goalkeeper depth chart has not been solidified throughout qualification and the friendlies afterward. Um, do I think that he's going to be any chance of the world cup roster? Frankly, at this point, long shot doesn't even do it justice. Um, but like, but look, you never know, you never know. You never I, that, know is, right? that, that, that just puts so much like the American audience I think should be hyper-focused on Makaba Haifa. You know, you, know yeah. you don't know what this goalkeeper is going to do if he stands on his head against Paris. What if he stones Messi? It, it, like <laughs> he stones Neymar, Messi, you know, uh, and, and Mbappe in a huge match. And, you know, maybe yeah. they get a draw or they lose, you know, they, they play a tight game. You know, our friend Tom Boger had him linked with Atlanta United at one point. So that, that, mm-hmm. I, it looked like it worked out for him, not coming, not coming to MLS staying in Europe, and now he's in the Champions League. So that's one to watch, yeah. Jeff. I agree. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I think that that's the point is like we're now to a point where it's not just it's it's massive news. It's a surprise. And it's something that all of us need to thump our chests about as Americans, that this player is on this team getting these minutes in this competition. Right. It's the fact that there are more and more Americans who are regulars on their team and their team qualifies and it's not a headline grabber. I think that that shows that it, it's sophisticated a little bit more. And, and frankly, I think it, it also just shows true evolution and depth in terms of that player pool, which, you know, for a U.S. men's national team fan can only be a good sign. What about the Canadians then? Perhaps, are the, you know, the Canadians, maybe they're, they're in a different stage of yeah. seeing their top players in the Champions League. And it reminds me of where the U.S. used to be, you know, like where it was a big deal. It was agree. worth, you know, the big, the tweets and the headlines when the Canadian is, is, is on uh, a Champions League roster. This is a huge, huge year for them they're back at the world cup it's it's a, it's a team that could be the darling team in qatar you know what are we looking at as far as the canadians go in the champions league well i think that there's still going to be some fans who are hoping and it's a long shot at this point that jonathan david leaves leal to get into this competition to test himself right. at a higher level against higher level defenders theoretically at least um but you know this year there are four canadian players who are going to be involved in the group stage there are four players for mexico who are going to be in the group stage and then there's Kaylor navas representing Costa Rica on his own. But, um, you know, that balance, I think that Canadian fans can take comfort in. You know, the fact that they've got a similar number to Mexico is a good sign. Yes, Hector Herrera leaving Atletico Madrid for Houston was a bit of a surprise, um, at least on first glance. And now it's been six months. So we kind of forget the surprise factor of all of that as he's already gotten yellow and, cards. Made and the Mexicans soccer, lose Corona. The Mexicans lose Tecatito. So now he's not there. And it's interesting. They're all in the same group. No, Ajax. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Ajax, they've got two Mexicans there, and then uh, Chucky Lozano with Napoli. So that's interesting that all the Mexicans are in the same group. But right. go on, continue with the Canadians. That, that, I, yeah, I think yeah. that's a fascinating uh, market, if you will. I'll throw it back to you for the, the Mexico report, actually, in just a second, too, um, because I don't think we've really talked about Group A for that matter. But um, we group, should. Group, we should. Uh, we'll start there, I'm sure, with our predictions as well. But Group B. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be some interesting opportunities for Tejan Buchanan, again, to kind of cement what he can bring and maybe force John Herdman some headache issues into how do I get him on the left and also get Alfonso Davies on the left. Um, Davies, of course, it was such a strong performance in the 2019-20 tournament that landed him on the World 11 uh, at the end of the 2020 year, calendar year. Um, you know, his presence there continues to remind people that Canada is now producing world-class talent or is capable of producing world-class talent. I think that that's a good sign. Um, you know, Steven Nusakio is someone I'm actually going to be very excited to watch in the midfield. Good you know, player. he's not necessarily a guaranteed knock-on starter, but he's a good player. He was yeah. impressed on loan in the second half of last season. He was able to get a permanent move over to FC Porto, and now he's you know been playing in their first couple of games in the Premier Liga. And, you know, I mean, that draw for them is pretty competitive it's competitive it's favorable madrid's a team in transition atletico that is um Bayer leverkusen is also a team that's not necessarily a stalwart um year in year out uh at this point and club bruges it's a wild card once you get to pot four frankly so um i think that you know fans of canada can feel that they've got a pretty good chance of someone at least one of their players if not two advancing out of group b um you know and and something to look forward to on the back of the world cup beyond alfonso davies and Bayern munich but but what about Mexico fans then? As you look at just Group A, I guess. <laughs> I think you know I, I, it's sort of a downer for Mexican fans, and you know this this past year since 2021, when the, when when the two countries, the U.S. and Mexico, really clashed over and over again, and the edge was always you know 
the U.S. just took it, took, took every matchup, took every trophy. Uh, yeah. And then the, the players are trending to Europe, the American players trending to Europe. And it seems like it's more of a struggle for Mexican players to get to, to Europe. And that's because of their own, their own issues in Liga MX. It's just, it's, they're too mm. comfortable there. Uh, I think clubs uh, value the Mexican player way too high. And so it, it's tough for them to leave Mexico uh, when they can just stay there, make a lot of money, and, and they're stars in their own country. Uh, yeah. But, you know, like Sounds I mentioned, like the MLS in like 2014, 2015, Jurgen Klinsmann era, doesn't it? Right, right, right. And, and, that, and that's a concern. You know, Tata Martino, who, who I cover extensively for the Mexican national team, has always said that. He's like, the Mexican players need to go test themselves and need to get to Europe. When, when a handful of players had jumped to Europe, uh, you know, this, this past transfer window and, and before when Tecatito Corona or Berlin Pineda moved to Celta Vigo, uh, you know, they were struggling and Tata was like, I would rather them stay in Europe and struggle yeah. and, you know, fight through, earn playing time, than see them go back to Mexico. And all those players have done that. They've all stayed. They found their clubs. Uh, Orbelin Pineda moved to Greece. He's going to play under his former manager, uh, Mateus Almeida, who, who coached Machivas. And, and so that that is a good thing. But it's certainly still... Uh, uh, not a concern because there were a lot of there was a lot of movement for for even like unknown Mexican players were moving to Europe to smaller clubs, uh, and, and some of those players are going to be playing the in the Europa League. Honestly, not a lot of Champions League fo- of football yeah. for Mexicans, but um, it is it'll it'll be a big deal when any time Group A matches are, are playing because you've got Edson Alvarez and Jorge Sanchez who are at Ajax. Edson Alvarez now a star. At, at Ajax, yeah, he's, he's, he's the player they're sort of building around him. Um, he's getting a lot of uh, links to Premier League clubs. Uh, you know, Newcastle is they may bid again for him. There was a report that they bid for him previously, and, and Ajax doesn't want to let him go. There are other Premier League clubs after Ed, Ed, Edson Alvarez, and he's a stalwart for for Mexico as well. Jorge Sanchez just moved from Club America to, to Ajax as a right back. I always thought he had European potential. We're going to see him now. This is the test. Um, and then obviously Napoli, you know, with Chucky Lozano, Napoli right now top of Serie A. They're top of the table after two weeks, two match days. And to me, Jeff, let's just transition. Let's just get to – let's go group yeah. by group now. All right, so we're in group A. For me, this to me is like champagne football, honestly. Yes. You've got Ajax. <laughs> it really is. You know, it just – This is my favorite. We haven't said a word about this group, but this is my favorite group This is the. This is an awesome group. Ajax, Liverpool, <laughs> Napoli, and Rangers. Yeah. Rangers might take a couple blows and some jabs and uppercuts, but – they're gonna. Oh, yeah. Their home stadium is going to be ridiculous for all these games. Uh, I actually with the total football, the the buzz around that team, some top yeah. players, some top young players that are linked to some big clubs. Like I mentioned before, you have the Brazilian Anthony. Is he going to be there? He's he wants to move to Manchester United, basically. Right. Uh, and then of course Liverpool, who I, you know we can argue that they're struggling. Yes, they are. Uh, yeah, they but are. this is a top side. They've just they're battling injuries here. Uh, but it's gonna. I think it's gonna be great to see them under a lot of pressure right away in the group stage. Uh, so Group A to me, football fans' dream, champagne football. What say you, Jeff? I think Liverpool and Napoli, in some order, one two to advance. Um, that isn't just off of league strength, of course, because if you look at the disparity in terms of the competition that Rangers and Ajax are going to be facing between these six games. But, um, you know, I think that both of them are coming out strong. I think that Liverpool, once they get their players healthy, they've got something like seven to 12 players who are 
battling injuries, whether they're able to play or not. You know, they had to bring Fabinho off the bench uh, when he was still injured in their last game. And um, I still think that the quality is there. I think that for Ajax, it's going to be, uh, you know, a, it's it's going to be a major change with Eric Ten Hag having left and, and you know, needing to get used to a new system, a new coach, a new culture, a new everything. I think that, you know, this could be a learning curve moment for them. It can make them stronger in future competitions. I just think that that transition is going to be too steep and they don't necessarily have the same young leading talent at the truly, you know, future world-class level that they've had in past iterations of the last five years. I think that my, my biggest surprise in this group that I think is realistic would be Rangers finishing third. Um, mm, yeah, just yeah. because I, I, I think that they are built to keep games close. They're built to, to keep games hard-nosed. I think that when you get, you know, like you said, their stadium advantage at the Ebrox is going to be massive. And so I think that you could catch a team off guard and steal a goal. I think Malik Tillman is a player to watch. Impressed very much so against PSV yesterday in that final playoff second leg, um, you know, forcing the turnover and then immediately getting the assist on what ended up being the tie winner. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that if I'm going in order, I'm going to say Liverpool, Napoli, Rangers, Ajax. All right. Liverpool, Napoli for Jeff. This is a tough one for me. I want to. I want to pick Ajax to advance so badly. Uh, oh, your heart always could, does. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, like, and, and I think all those things that you mentioned, sort of the transition from Ten Hag, uh, I think could fuel team like this. You know, it reminds me of that great Ajax team with Frank De Jong, Delight, and when 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 they destroyed Real Madrid, they were sort of unsung at the time. Yes, they've lost that quality, uh, but. I think they're going to be a dangerous team. Now, Rangers, I'm not as high on Rangers, perhaps, as you. Like, I understand you're right. They, they're going to totally play. Fair. They're a team that can, if they get defensive, you know, they can probably hang around. But I, I didn't like their quality in, in, in the Champions League tie against PSV. <laughs> and I didn't think PSV was that great either. And so, for me, no, it was like, <laughs> whoever advanced from that was like, is going to be a fourth-seeded team and probably finish yeah. fourth in their group. So, I'm sticking Rangers at the bottom of Group A. I'm going to put Napoli at the top. Okay. And man, I can't for argue me, that. For, I'll, I'll go Napoli. I'll go Napoli and Liverpool, but it's going to be close. Oh, I, I wanted I think, to do it. I think IX <laughs> and Liverpool will go down to like the last match day and possibly okay. determine that second place team on the final day. I mean, there's going to be so much pressure on Darren Nunez to be the guy for Liverpool. Uh, I mentioned Thomas Tuchel. I don't think... Jurgen Klopp is under that sort of pressure. He's, I don't think he will be for a long time, but there's pressure. There's pressure. So I'll yeah. go Napoli, Liverpool to advance. Uh, Group B. Group B. Group B is Porto, Atletico Madrid, Bayer Leverkusen, and Club Bruges. Club Bruges. Uh, Jeff, how do you see this open. one and who are your picks? Yeah, this is a wide open group. This is wide open. I love a group like this. Uh, you know, this is, this is another one of those kind of just peak European football sort of groups where um, it's hard to compare the quality of these teams because you're also going into leagues that are lesser known. You know, the, the fact that the one seed in this is from Portugal, which is not a league that's widely available in North America, it kind of changes perceptions of it, of course, takes a little bit more of a close eye to say nothing of Belgium, of course, um, you know, in Club Bruges. But I think uh, Atletico, I think that they'll be very happy with this draw. I think that Diego Simeone will see this as a, a group that they can control, and there's nothing that he loves more than a group that he can control. So I, I think sure. that it might not always be the prettiest, but I do see them winning this group. Um, and honestly, I, you could talk me into any of the other three. You really could. Um, I, I think that Bruges has some, you know, just kind of some sneaky 
yeah. They have some, some good young talent. Kyle Laren, I think, is an underrated striker. Um, still gets overlooked. Uh, but I, I think that he, with Tejan Buchanan, I think that'll help with his assimilation into the team, and that can only be a good sign for them. Um, but I, I guess if I'm going... <laughs> this is a tough one. I'm, I'm going to go with Porto. I think that they're going to see it through. I, I like Stasio. Top I like this Top of group? Second. 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 Okay, Atletico and Porto. Okay. I'm that's, actually taking the opposite. I'm, I think Porto cool. could win this group. Yeah. Uh, I think they're, they're just a Champions League team. Uh, they don't right. have Luis Diaz anymore. That would have been awesome to see Liverpool and Porto on the same group for that that's reunion. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's a huge loss. But they're playing well. Uh, you know, they're playing well in Portugal right now. I think they're the strongest team probably in, in the country. I think they'll look at this group the same way and say, hey, we can get out of this. We just need to focus on, you know, getting points from Atletico Madrid and not losing to these other teams at home. So I'm taking Porto, Atletico Madrid. Bayer Leverkusen does have a player for that I think we should watch. He's the Ecuadorian central defender, Piero Incapié, uh, under 22 player. Very good. He's going to be at the World Cup, so he'll be a player to watch there as well. But uh, I think Leverkusen and Bruges are going to battle for, like you mentioned before, in Group in Group A, as you know, who finishes third, who can really challenge the second spot. But I think it's pretty clear for me: Porto and Atletico Madrid advance from Group B. Group C. And keep in I mind, by the, the way, it, go ahead. Sorry, just for for people who maybe only watch the Champions League, finishing third is actually a, a big deal because yeah. it does get you into the knockouts of the Europa League. So, um, if you want to be able to still win some hardware, you do want to finish third. So, I think that there's a there is a reason why we're we're spending our time looking at who could finish third, who could finish yep. fourth in this conversation. So, just for for people who are kind of new to the sport or maybe haven't broadened their scope beyond the Champions League, keep that in mind moving forward. I mean, if if Liverpool. Not to go back to group A, but if Liverpool finish no, let's third, do it. <laughs> if they go back, like man, now I want to go back. But no, I mean, if they finish third and and, and get bumped chaos. into the Europa League, I mean, this is just going to be chaos in in England. But yeah. I think they'll manage it. Uh, group C for me is a group of death. Honestly, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Inter Milan. You know, three complete monsters of European football. Uh, they've yeah. all they all look strong. They've all reloaded in a certain way. Not everyone used levers like Barcelona did, but. Uh, those are three top sides, and then Victoria Pilsen. You know, this is going to be tough for them, honestly. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, great name, uh, and they, though, they're going to be the bottom though, feeder keep here. Keep in mind, 2018-2019, they got seven points in a group with Real Madrid, Roma, and CSK Moscow. So the club, at least, you know, there's there's connective tissue to that team, which could imply you know that they've got the big game medal. But I'm with you; it's it's a happy to be here sort of situation. Also. Uh, Let's go back to Group A and B for one second here. Are there any teams in those groups you could see Cristiano Ronaldo fitting into? Should probably from Group A, no, no. No, I I mean Group B. He's already been. He was linked to Atletico Madrid in the summer, and they shot that down. He's never going to play for any club in Portugal that's not Sporting. So no. Uh, Probably never going to play in Germany, so that's a no. Yeah, Germany. If he's going to Germany, it was going to be Bayern Munich, and they said no to that that's as right. well. They they were like, we would love him, we we admire him, but no. So no, I think Group A, Group B, not a Cristiano Ronaldo possibility so there. Group C, you know, maybe the Czechs go after him. Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, <laughs> but probably not. Um, I, you know, I look at Group C. We've mentioned it. Lewandowski now with Barcelona facing his former club in Bayern Munich. I think Inter yeah. Milan is absolutely stacked. And, yep. uh, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure again. Like we talk a lot of pressure, but I think Barcelona has to show up. They have to prove that they've done all of these maneuvers financially, signed all these players, and they did it to win the Champions League. 
I mean, that's that's the bottom line. They yes, they want to win, and it, Real Madrid and Barcelona have to win La Liga. Yes, I get it, but th- everything. that all, everything that Barcelona did was to win the Champions League. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't see that happening, but they will mm-hmm. definitely get out of this. Well, gosh, you know what? No, I'm going to go. No, I my, know. I'm going to go my top two teams here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Bayern Munich and Inter Milan advances top two, Barcelona third. That's what I've got. That's what okay. I've got rank by rank. It's, it's tough. It's, it, it, you know, I think that a second straight year of Barcelona falling at the group stage would be only add to the catastrophe that's ongoing with them. But it's just, it's not convincing for me. I, I think that you look and, and the, the cohesive isn't there, the style of play, the identity, it's, uh, you know, it, everyone said it, but it just feels like the, app, the, the full kind of mystique of FC Barcelona in the Champions League has been completely eradicated over the last five years, three years. Um, and certainly not having Messi in the 10 shirt in this competition for Barcelona completely changes the club's perception. So I think that you, you kind of have to wipe the blinders off a little bit and actually see it in the cold light of day. And I think that if you're just looking for the quality of the teams, the big game impact Inter Milan, bringing back Romelu Lukaku to be able to lead that line again in a big way, um, if he can refine his form yet again, um, after yet another big summer for him in a big yeah. uh, headline-grabbing summer at that um, I do still think that Inter Milan has enough to get second place in Barcelona. I mean, honestly, if you're looking to rebuild the mojo of a club, winning the Europa League isn't the worst consolation prize. And so I think that I could see Barcelona yeah. trying to have to but just it's suck not it good up enough, and but, but it's not it's good not enough good for enough, Barcelona. And, it, and they will be completely panned in Spain if that's if that's their objective. That's like, you know, that's like big clubs in MLS saying, oh, we just want to make the, the playoffs, you Make know, that, playoffs, that, that's, that's right. not enough. Uh, so many goal scorers in Group C, Lautaro Martinez, you mentioned Lukaku, Lewandowski, Sato Mane, now with Bayern Munich. Uh, there's goals galore here. I think Lewandowski is going to score a lot of goals in La Liga. I don't know about Champions League because of this group, uh, but right. he's going to be the man. Oh, he's going to be, you know, that be Bayern expected Munich. to do that. They're going to try all, to shut him down. Every defender sure. on that team yeah. cannot <laughs> wait to just throw a little elbow at him now that they can. <laughs> yeah. right? I wonder, know, just, I, he, I wonder if he'll celebrate. I think he'll celebrate against Bayern he'll celebrate. If, he, if he scores a goal. He'll uh, celebrate. All right. Let, let's move on. We've got both of us have Inter Milan and Bayern Munich advancing there. Group D, yep. uh, I, I labeled this one and I said it already. Spurs can dream again. You know, this is... Yep. This is, you know, you look at the group, Einrich Frankfurt, who they won the Europa League, yes, but they got spanked by Bayern Munich uh, already. Right. Uh, and they're just not a strong side. Eintracht Frankfurt, Tottenham Hotspur, Sporting Club from, from Portugal, and Marseille. Right away, I see Tottenham winning this group. Uh, I've already seen people on Twitter say it would be very Spursy if they didn't advance. So that's always fun. Uh, but I'm going to put them uh, top of the group. And, you know, this is this is where this is the group where you can see Cristiano Ronaldo definitely landing. So, I mean, even Marseille, even Marseille is a club that should go after him. Um, why not? Sporting club, why not? his 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 childhood club is he should have been there already, like you mentioned before we started recording. Should have been there last summer. Should have been there um, a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and Tottenham, you know, if if they ever thought about getting rid you know, selling Harry Kane, perhaps, but that's not gonna happen. Uh I'm gonna no. take here Tottenham leading the group, winning this group, group D, and I'll put Marseille as the second place team okay. with sporting club number three. 
It's porting three. Okay, I got it. Yeah, this is another one of those where I think after the one, I don't think that there's going to be a single team in this field who's happier with their draw than Tottenham. I, I think that they got by far the easiest from pot one. The the winner of the Europa League who finished mid-table in the Bundesliga is typically the type of profile of club that you want when the rest of the teams won the league outright. Um, sporting, I think that they'll like their chances against the Lisbon-based club. Um, I think that they'll like their talent disparity as well. I think that Antonio Conte will see that as sort of a statement matchup. You know, not one to be caught unaware by a team that historically would have been the exact profile of one that Tottenham could have fallen against in Marseille. I, you know, like I said, competitive, what, like you said, a competitive team um, certainly do have some some areas that they could upgrade. So I think Tottenham's the clear number one in that one. I am going to flip what you had for two and three. I'm going to put Sporting Club second, and then I'm going to put Olympique Marseille into the Europa League. All right. All right. Good stuff. That's, a, that's an interesting group. I mean, it's not sexy, but... No, anything not, could happen. Anything can happen below whoever finishes first. Uh, group B, we talked about Chelsea already, uh, but Group B is AC Milan, Chelsea, Red Bull Salzburg, and Dynamo Zagreb. Uh, the, I like. I think Zagreb is one of those teams that you don't want to play. You don't want to go there. It's like even Real Madrid and all these big clubs over the years, it's like that's the one where if they come out of there with a win, it's a huge, huge accomplishment. Get a draw. Yeah. Uh, and and you're good to go. Uh, so that tells me that clubs like, like a club like Chelsea, who I've already said is under immense pressure, they're not playing well. You know, those are tricky matchups for them. They could definitely stumble there. Uh, I think yeah. AC Milan will be very excited and to be back as as the defending champions. I'm, I'm sorry, the yeah, exactly, yeah, the defending champions of Serie A. Uh, they, right. This this used to be their tournament as well. Like I mentioned before, seven time winners. Uh, I'm going to give them all of that momentum and put them at the top of group E and Chelsea, you know, I'm going to put Chelsea number two, but it's going to be a struggle. I think, I think Zagreb will be up there chasing the number two spot, the entire group phase. Yeah. I I think that it's another, I agree with you, man. It's, it's another one of those where you, you reluctantly go with, Chelsea is second because I think that there are so many versions of this draw with pot three and pot four, which could have put them at a serious level of panic um, Mm -hmm. or, or at least unease and discomfort with what their draw would have given them. I think that they'll be very thankful to have Salzburg, another team where who, you know, sold off one or two of their top young players, Brendan Aronson among them. Um, They've got a potential American dual national to watch, by the way, Brian Oko, who is a center back who's been mostly playing for their feeder cup Lieferung, but um, if he does get some minutes there, they're going to be worth watching at this level. But yeah, I'm with you. I think that let's put Dinamo Zagreb into the Europa League, but I'm with you. AC Milan should be happy with this draw. Chelsea should struggle to get results, especially away from home. But I think that they'll be able to do just fine at Stanford Bridge, and that should be enough to carry yeah. them to second place. But I've got AC yeah. Milan at number one. I mean, Chelsea could also just turn it around and, and play really well. Like they're that Absolutely. type of team to have that type of quality. And, you know, Tom Stuckel, top coach. I just think he's under a lot of pressure right now. And we mentioned new new American owner who's not going to be like, you know, we're not going to be, it's we're not going to struggle in Champions man. League. Yeah. Okay. The pressure's getting to It looks like the it. pressure's there. Yeah. Uh, group F, fun group. Real Madrid <laughs> defending champions, Red Bull Leipzig, Shakhtar, Donetsk, and Celtic. This is a similar group to Group D, in my opinion, where you see a clear favorite. You know, Real Madrid is going to top this group. Who finishes second? Who finishes third? Uh, I, I'm going to go with Real Madrid, obviously, winning the group. And I have Shakhtar, Shakhtar second. I think they're going to be a tough out again. Uh, yeah. And 
between Leipzig and Celtic, you know, you mentioned the transition that Leipzig is going through. And Celtic, just they really get pummeled in Champions League, in my opinion. They're not that strong a side. They're going to want to defend, but they might feel confident that like Real Madrid is the only team that they really have to fear. Uh, yeah. But still, I'm going to go Real Madrid, Shakhtar, Leipzig, Celtic. Okay. I like a lot of what Postacoglu has done with Celtic. I, I think that there's, there's some of that, you know, that glory days Scottish, just like it's similar to Rangers where it's like, you're yeah. going to have to come here and you're going to have to rip it out of our hands. If you're going to come to Celtic park and get any sort of results. So I think that that bodes well for them. Um, you know, I, do they have that sort of top level talent? I mean, they've got Joe Hart at goal. So it <laughs> <laughs> takes all in that. Yeah, it's it's one of those, you know, in, in a weird way, it's actually very similar to Barcelona, where I think you look at the club and you just think, okay, there's the, the aura, the mystique or whatever. But if you actually look in the cold light of day, I think I have to agree with you. I think that Celtic could struggle to get out of this group. I think that Donetsk is also going to, Shakhtar is going to have that sort of ex, something extra given geopolitical yeah. things completely out of their control. Um, sure. So I'm going to go Real Madrid one. I'm going to go Shakhtar two, but I'm going to put Celtic third in the Europa League and then I'm going to have RB Leipzig closing it out in fourth. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Celtic gets wins and they start trending. It's a great story because th- yeah. that that's another club that with, whose fans are going to show up and just make it really difficult on anyone that goes there. But I don't see it happening. Uh, group G, uh, this is the second to last group. This is an interesting group. This is the one that I labeled the classic group. You've got a contender. You have <laughs> two teams that are going to battle each other for second place in Sevilla yep. and Dortmund. And then... Copenhagen, who's probably like, well, we've got invite, we're invited to the party. Let's just not flame <laughs> out completely. Uh, that to me Sell is a as classic. Many tickets as possible. That those, is those total... split scarves get ten dollars. Yes, yes. Everyone wins. That, that is your classic Champions League group. But <laughs> I, I think Manchester City just clearly the top team here, definitely a contender like they are every year. But they seem stronger now, uh, yeah. which is wild. Uh, so I'm going to put Manchester City easily winning this group, top of the table. Haaland going crazy in the Champions League group stage, getting the goals that he needs. There's going to be celebrate a celebrate of... against Dortmund. Do you think? No way, no way, no. Yeah, way. he's. I gonna, don't think so. He won't. I don't think so. Lewandowski no. will though. No doubt. Lewandowski would would celebrate. Yeah, and then you know you mentioned Dortmund. Uh, this is a big opportunity for them. I, I think with the way Sevilla is is just sort of trying to navigate the pressure in Spain. I think that pressure will be will consume them in Europe as well. So I'm going to put yeah. Manchester City first, Dortmund second, Sevilla third, and Copenhagen bottom of the group. Completely agree. Um, I, I had some serious concerns about how Erling Holland would be replaced by Dortmund. I, I think that getting Sebastian Haller, someone who certainly played incredibly well with Ajax, you know, I think that. He didn't fare well with West Ham, but that's not a team that was really built to his style of play. I think that Dortmund's much closer to what Ajax had than West Ham certainly was at that time as they were in relegation scraps year after year. So um, I think that that's an adequate replacement. You're not necessarily going to have that same sort of all-around like-for-like, but there's no one like-for-like in the world at this point unless you have a time machine and the DNA of uh, Il Phenomeno. So I, I think that, yeah, it's it's... I'm with you. One, two, three, four. I think Sevilla yeah. in the Europa League. It's just, it's meant to be, man. It's just, it is, it is. Can't take They're them out for too long. They are. All right. Uh, and then Group H, the final group PSG, Juventus, Benfica, Maccabi, Haifa. Pick a surprise. We, do it. We, we've, <laughs> I, I want to, but I, I just, <laughs> I can't do it. I don't know. I mean, here's what I will say. You know, last week, over the last few weeks, this crazy seven nothing scoreline has been trending in world football, 
It happened in yeah. MLS. It happened in Liga yeah. MX. It happened in Germany. Teams getting destroyed seven nothing. I think we could see a seven nothing scoreline in this group, and it would probably be PSG just completely destroying Maccabi Haifa. That could be yeah. your seven nil. Uh, scoreline out of the Champions League. I don't think the Israeli club is going to do very well. I don't think they'll get a win in this tournament. It's great that they're there. It's going to be great to see them, you know, uh, just competing. But uh, these are tough groups. These are are teams with a lot of European pedigree, all of them, PSG, Juventus, and Benfica. I'm going to put PSG top of this group, Group H. And then, you know, I think Benfica will just, will, will feel some confidence and perhaps stealing that second spot from Juventus. But I think Juventus will, will be fine. They'll, they'll finish second in this group and Benfica will finish third. Yeah. Okay. Exact same. Uh, I mean, unless I, of course, I, that go, could be hype brings in Cristiano people. Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> I would it changes it. everything. I, that changes absolutely nothing. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> even at that point, I think you're maybe talking about them third, but um, no, I'm with you. One, two, three, four in that exact order of the pots drawn. Um, but still a fun group. You know, I think that getting two matchups guaranteed of PSG versus Juventus, that's fun. But I think that, I mean, unfortunately, that's also going to monopolize the which the nationally broadcast game and the one that's not on Paramount Plus. But um, no, I, I think that that's a, so it's a solid group. It's a fun group. And FICA will, you know, feel pretty hard done by this draw. I think that it's kind of the opposite of Tottenham. I think that they would have wanted any sort of mercy from pot one, pot two, and they didn't get any. So you know, they'll, they'll be competitive in the Europa League. Um, they should fare okay. They should get some results in this group. But no, I think it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I think Benfica will get some results. They're a pretty good team. They're young. They've, they have some, some, some solid players in the middle. They're, 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 you know, anytime they're at home, it's insane as well. Uh, but I, they're definitely, I think they're definitely Europa League caliber. Uh, Jeff, let's end this live room with our picks to win the tournament. Very early. Nothing has happened. No ball has been kicked. <laughs> Absolutely nothing's happened. But we have a transfer window in a week between now and then, but that's Exactly. Fine. <laughs> Players could completely just leave and change everything. But who's your who's your pick to win this tournament this this time around? Champions League 2022-2023 champion. Jeff Ruder on the spot. On the spot. Yeah, I'm just going group by group looking over. By the way, I have a preview coming out shortly on The Athletic that um, I tried to force a terrible pun into. Um, So check that out. That's going to spell out team by team the North American rooting interest, whether it's a player who used to play in MLS or much more likely a player who played for the United States, Mexico, Canada, or Costa Rica, or Suriname. There are two Surinamese internationals, only one Costa Rican. So how did they not qualify for the World Cup? Um, I'm stalling, obviously, to try to make my pick because I thought you would go first. I think that there's only a finite pool of teams that I would consider to be really challengers for it. But I think that this year, if I'm just looking at the overall build of it, I think Manchester City is going to make it to the final. I think that they've got a lot of... They fixed a lot of the issues that they've had in past tournaments. I think that they've been building for this tournament so obviously in terms of the depth that they have, the players that they're replacing, all of those things. Get some players with more experience at that level. But I think that they'll fall to Real Madrid again. I, I really, I think that they're, again, look, it's not the same Real Madrid team with Zinedine Zidane coaching them where you look at them, it's just like, okay, this is the tried and true winner. But I think that, you lose Casemiro, but I think that you've got Kamavinga. He's got a year under his belt. They eased him in much better than I think most clubs of that caliber ever would do. So I applaud them for that. I think that 
they're still showing some of that top level talent. Um, you know, if Benzema can continue to just stay on his absolute world beater form, all the better for it. Um, but I just think the can you imagine the drama of Pep Guardiola finally getting to the final with Man City and then losing to Real losing Madrid? To Madrid. Delicious. So uh, that's that's what I've got. Madrid over City. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to say right out right away, my champion is going to be Bayern Munich. I think Bayern Munich will <laughs> be that team that will spoil it for a club like Manchester City. I think Pep Guardiola's legacy is going to be how he changed the club, how he brought his football to, to, to Manchester City, how he was backed by the millions of the ownership and brought all the players that he needed and that he wanted. Uh, and in the end, he didn't win the Champions League. I don't think he'll get it done. It's just uh, he'll run into a team like Bayern Munich that I think they're going to be on a mission to win this tournament once again. Uh, we've mentioned losing Lewandowski. I think that'll just fuel them, honestly, uh, through the okay. tournament. Uh, I, I love what you said about Real Madrid. I think they're just they're very good. Real Madrid is very good. And they have... I think what they're playing for is the fact that Carlo Ancelotti has essentially said, like, this could be my last year and I'm not doing anything after I leave Real Madrid. This is the job that you leave and you don't you end your career. Uh, And that locker room or dressing room, if you're watching from England, uh, it's (laughs) it's it's it is really together. It really is like even the way that they said goodbye to Casemiro was emotional. It was great to see like these these guys that have won everything together allowing their 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 sheriff their enforcer to walk away and i think they feel good that they have the players to advance they'll be there they will be in the semifinal, but my mm-hmm. champion is going to be Bayern munich it's hard to win on two fronts in england man it's really really hard yeah. to do both the premier league and the champions league i mean you look at the last two teams that have won europe based out of england you've got liverpool who didn't win the premier league that year if i recall they finished second that was the year where they had like 99 points and city had 100 and then you have chelsea and they finished second or third that year right and they weren't even really in the running by that point of the season so they were able to concentrate so much on that but for a league that's so competitive week in week out if you're a team like manchester city who is aiming to keep your premier league title and you're also trying to you know battle on this front midweek gets very very difficult um I think that La Liga, there's just a little, there are fewer of those matchups yeah. maybe yeah. that at that point of the season, Madrid will be fearing. And so I think that they could also be in just like a, a more, yeah. a, a more fit style or, you know, kind of state of play with all their players. And so I think that they're built for it a little bit better. Agree. I agree. I mean, I, I would love and to see Munich actually has it to again. a more dramatic extent, actually. Yes. Fair, so. Yes. I mean, they yeah. can go, they can put everything on the champions league uh, and, and really expect to win the Bundesliga handily as well. So I like, I like, I like Bayern Munich. Uh, Jeff, thanks for joining me. Let's end it here. And let's like, just again, you look at the groups and there's a lot to talk about the Americans, you know, will, will a Mexican advance out of the group stage um, between uh, Napoli, Nyax, Edison Alvarez, Chucky Lozano. Will those players get through all of the the reunions? Will any of them advance out of the round of 16, but that's just me. Getting out of the group is never a landmark for Mexico. I think it's always about. (laughs) Right, right, right. The the fifth game. Uh, We mentioned the storylines. There's a lot of mouth-watering clashes here, reunions between players, friends, old clubs. Uh, And obviously, you know, it's let's be honest, like, will will Cristiano Ronaldo end up in one of these teams and play Champions League football this year? I'm sure he wants to. Uh, But with that. But I don't think we found it. I don't think we did. I don't think we did. I mean, again, I'm going to say, honestly, I think. I think it's Sporting or Chelsea. Those are the two teams that he could possibly end up with. Uh, but 
it's 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 tough we'll find out soon i think uh jeff uh cheers i will look out for your story that should be out soon uh and thanks for joining if you've watched thanks for thanks for sticking around